Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 108th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Today's episode is going to be Nama EJ and I are talking the 89th Academy Award nominations with managing editor Larry Taylor. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic EJ Murray. It just feels like yesterday I was getting yelled at by everyone about Golden Globes, so I'm glad there's less people and a less controversial award show. Ah, <sighs> I mean, it's less controversial. I feel like this is the one where everybody got mad last year. Yeah, but this year was pretty kind of as expected, and you know there was some snubs and some surprises, but I think this one as expected for most people. I think it just keeps the momentum of 2016 wasn't the best year in film. Just, there's nothing about this where I'm just like, oh man, I really have to see this movie. Hacksaw Ridge was good, but I think Hell or High Water is still that movie where I'm just like, oh, and like Arrival, uh. Oh. But the other ones, I'm like, Hidden Figures, you know, La La Land. I think, are, are, are we sick of La La Land yet? I think most people are getting there. I've been wanting to like get on the bashing bandwagon before these nominations, so I didn't seem like the cool hipster, but oh man, I'm not a big fan. Let's introduce managing editor Larry Taylor. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I'm I'm doing pretty solid. I wanted before we started bashing and going at everything, I wanted to make sure that you were part of this so you didn't miss out on any of the fun and games of the podcast. EJ, we gotta put some final thoughts on Deadpool now that the Academy Award nominations have come out and there was like even like rumors or rumblings of Deadpool getting a Best Picture nomination, which I think is ridiculous. I I enjoyed the film. I laughed, but it's not best picture worthy. It's not even not even the best superhero movie of last year. It was cool. It was fun. I just wanted to, I don't want to say go okay. away. Okay, Batman vs. Superman is not better than Deadpool. <laughs> Opinions do vary, and you're allowed to your own opinion. But no, no, uh, it's <laughs> fine. I'm just, I want it to go away. I'm done with it. I can't believe this. it got this like late in the year buzz. I was just like, oh, cool, Deadpool buzz is just dying down. And it's like, will it get an Oscar? And I'm like... No, it should get a Razzie. Let's get away with this now. Okay, no, Deadpool does not deserve a Razzie. It was a good film. It was well produced. It it had the Fox it, it, it had Fox issues, 
that I they take from the X Men films that I kind of don't like. I don't like their coloring and how they do some of their villains and stuff like that. But like the script was fun. It was different than other previous uh, superhero films out there. So I want to give it its due. It definitely deserves a certain amount of credit. Best picture, no fucking way. No, it didn't deserve that. And I, it, it was really weird because you're thinking, oh, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way. And then all of a sudden you're like, is there a way? I mean, it's starting to pick up all these awards. Ryan Reynolds is out there pushing for it. Um, but thankfully, I mean, I think the Academy knew better than than to do that. That would, It would bring in a new audience, but it would also kind of delegitimize the whole thing. Um, like you said, it's fun. It's it's good. It's It's whatever. But I haven't thought about it since I left the theater, really. And I think that's all we really need to say about Deadpool. What what initial reactions do we have from the nominations? EJ? Like I kind of said in the intro, everything went as expected. I don't think there's any like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is here. There's a couple surprises and some snubs that I do think are are, no, like, are noteworthy, but nothing too crazy. I, I think everything is pretty decent. This is my list right here of films that I need to start watching. This is... For me, the Oscars has always been like, okay, the list comes out. I'm like, okay, what do I want to see? Like, I saw the trailer for I Am Not Your Negro, the best documentary feature, one that's nominated there. That movie just looks powerful, and I want to see that. That's one that I, I've, like, put a star next to. I still need to see La La Land. There's so much hype on it right now where I'm just like, I don't want to see it. I'm that guy. When stuff gets that popular, I'm like, I'm going to take a step back. I'll see it five years from now. I'll come back to it and be like, oh, Lala, that was cool. But Hidden Figures is definitely, I'm a sci-fi guy. I love space. I love all that physics craziness. Kevin Costner's in it too. Like, I, that's a film I need to go see. Uh, and I want to see that in the big, in the, in the theaters. I think that's where I want to see that one. Uh, Lion looks powerful. Moonlight looks powerful. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. That's I, I need to be drunk for that one, man. I need like lots of whiskey to watch depressing, depressing, depressing. I don't know if you need to be drunk watching that. I think that might make it worse. I don't even think you need to watch it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Fences, Denzel Washington, like putting on an acting clinic. Like there's so much good stuff here. Uh that we got and I know I said that twenty twenty sixteen wasn't the best year for films. Uh, but they're the ones that are in best picture, they are quality. Are they the best ever? No. Uh, are they in the top 100? I don't know. You know, of films that have come out in time. But I, I, I'm excited about the list. La La Land, though, is just burning a, a hole in my gut because of all the... Because of what happened a few years ago with the silent film. That just bothers me. The artist. You know? Yeah, everybody just picked up on the uh, nostalgia wave with the artist. And, you know, that was 2011. You go back now and watch it, and it, there's nothing special about that. And I kind of worry that, that that's going to happen with La La Land. I don't know. I, um, but I think all the momentum behind it is just – it's kind of souring people on it, like you said. And um, But I still think it's probably going to win however many it was nominated, 14, probably win 9, 10, 10 awards oh, uh, when it comes down so... to it. Boring. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it, it's going to deserve the, the the score awards, the soundtrack awards, because it's a movie, it's a musical. It kind of earned those. 
But for the rest of it, I don't think we should be giving white privilege the musical all these awards. I'm just I'm done with this California. Look how hipster we are. The script was not that amazing. I don't want to say it's I don't see the specialness to it. I think it's fine. I think the acting's okay. I'm just done with that one too. Uh, La La Land is just it's making me go la la crazy. I'm just done. Please go away after this <laughs> award season. Like you said, like the artist, it, it it will get all this buzz. It's gonna get all these awards and then just poof away. I'm upset that Sing Street didn't get anything for in the best original song category because they wrote all. They wrote I think four or five original songs for the film, and they were all performed really well. And the movie's really good as well. I I just I feel like Sing Street just needs to get more love, and it's not and. And now it's not getting anything from uh, the Oscars. And and this is where I'm always confused. There's always one category where I'm like kind of confused about what's going on. It's best costume design. La La Land. Why does that get best costume design? I don't get it either. It's just modern modern clothing, really. Right. Uh, yeah, she went to whatever shop she could find in West Hollywood, went to whatever gay she can get advice from, and made costume designs. I I definitely don't get that one. I do think things like Fantastic Beast, Jackie, it's a beautiful period piece. You know, there is films in here that do deserve it, but I thought La La Land was another one that I'm like, look, I'll give you all the musical awards, but costume design, I don't see it. Yeah, that seems like a a frivolous nomination there. I think Jackie should win out of those. Now I haven't seen Fantastic Beasts, but man, the the Jackie, the costume design in there, the whole art direction of that movie is fantastic. It's hard to tell with Fantastic Beasts what is CGI and what is not CGI in a film like that. You right. Know, I mean, you, you can kind of see what they're wearing, but I'm like, okay, how much is influenced color-wise and and with the scenes and all the the crazy shit that happens in his little suitcase. Same thing how I feel about it getting nominated for production design. Yes, it it looks good, but how much was actually made by a bunch of art grips, you know, having to put together a set and what was actually CGI, so then who gets those nominations? So it's very interesting and I'm Fantastic Beasts is one that I do think is an interesting pick. Uh, same thing with Doctor Strange getting a nomination. I thought that was very strange, but also I will say it's very deserved. It got best special effects, and I think the special effects in that was very, very inventive. It looked great. It actually pushed a lot of boundaries for special effects. Don't love the rest of the movie, but I will say for what it was nominated for, perfect. Doctor Strange is a 70s character, and you needed a 70s feel to it, and I felt like the special effects were the driving force behind that like trippy, blacklight, velvet poster feeling that you got, and like what they were doing with the kaleidoscope was pretty amazing. We're going to take a little pause from the Oscar categories to talk about our new segment, EJ's two minutes, one minute. What is it, EJ? I called it EJ time, but that comes with a lot of dirty thoughts. So we'll, we'll see what it goes and how it goes. If I want to change the name later on. When we come back from EJ time, we're going to talk Oscar snubs. Hello listeners and welcome to EJ Time. No, this isn't what I call my alone time at night. It is now a segment on the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. I break down some obscure passions of mine and give you the insight. This week's EJ Time is about the new Power Rangers trailer that just dropped. Oh my god, I cannot wait to talk about this. There is so much to break down. So first up, I have to talk about Elizabeth Banks' Rita Repulsa. 
I was really nervous when I first saw her casting and the first couple images that came out. It, it wasn't the Rita Repulsa that I knew, but I, I'm open to change. Now seeing her in action, she is slaying everything. She looks great. She's giving this great presence on screen. She looks terrifying. I actually take her as a threat to the Power Rangers. And that's really cool because she needs to be able to carry these movies as the villain until maybe we get a bigger villain later on. All the Power Rangers look really badass. You know, the, the suits are di they're different. And they're not this old cheesy kind of like robotic biker suit that they have they're very sleek they're very Iron Man and that's kind of the direction these like robotic suits have been going so I really don't mind it and speaking of robotic big crazy things the Zords wow that was I think the biggest improvement just because of the CGI that we have now and how everything looks the Zords have evolved so beautifully they're still the dinosaur references that we all know from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers but they're just sleeker, they're newer, they're fresher. I can't wait to see them fully on in the film because I think they're going to be just jaw-dropping, especially when we get the epic Megazord at the end. Oh boy, they teased that in the trailer and it looked so good. Some other notes that I had to talk about is some of the other casting choices. Brian Cranston as Zordon. Wow, I thought that was crazy that he got casted for this and now seeing him in the film giving me this epic big head oh man oh, his voice sounds so good I really take him as like the leader of this group and I think he's gonna bring some really good recognition to this film because he's a big name and people trust Brian Cranston another big name making it in the film is Bill Hader as the comic relief and sidekick to Zordon Alpha 5 they showed him a little bit in the trailer Wow, his design is completely different from the original Alpha 5, but I, I'm taking it because, you know what, he's going to be the comic relief, he'll be funny, he's just kind of there to cut out some of the tension that this new darker Power Rangers is going for. I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy for it, but I'm way more excited than I thought I was going to be, but I will say I'm still very nervous. I saw what the kids of the 80s had to deal with with Ninja Turtles and Transformers and their newer films. So now to see something from my childhood like Power Rangers, oh man, I'm so hoping that no one shits on this movie and I actually get a great Power Rangers film in 2017. Wow, EJ, you're you're really excited about that Power Rangers movie. I, I just I can't express how amazing I think it's going to be. I have hopes. I have scared feelings, but it's going to be interesting. Power Rangers is one of those things where, like, I had G.I. Joe Transformers, then I saw Power Rangers, and I was like, what the hell is this bootleg shit that they're putting on TV? And, and it, everybody everybody loved it. They all loved it. And I was like, I looked at the toys, and I was like, you guys realize how shitty these toys are compared to G.I. Joe and Transformers. They must have passed, like, a safety law where they had to make shittier toys because, like, I guess maybe Transformers hurt some kids or some shit. I don't know. Well, Voltron used to have lead paint in it. Maybe that was part of it. Uh, it's those Japanese imports. Uh, my whole garage is full of Japanese import toys. I mean, that's the <laughs> best thing ever. Let's talk about snubs. Oscar snubs. Was there is there anybody that's jumping out at you? I, for me, the biggest one is Amy Adams not showing up Amy at all. Amy Adams. Yes, 100%. Amy Adams. Uh, as far as, a, as an entire movie, uh, it, it's a snub, and it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense, I guess, uh, is Silence. It's a Martin Scorsese prestige film, uh, so you would expect it to show up in at least a handful of categories. I think they waited too long to push it. 
uh, and they didn't push it hard enough, so it didn't get on here. Um, that being said, I don't think Scorsese is going to lose any sleep over it. Uh, I just would have liked to have seen a, a couple of a couple of more categories um, where Silence made the cut. I, uh, I just saw Silence, and I will say costume design. I would replace some of right. the other choices and throw costume design in there because gorgeous stuff from Silence. That's another then, depressing uh, film, right? Another depressing, depressing film. It's tough, yeah. It's, it, tough. it's a it's a tough film. It's beautiful, you know. It handles great things, but it is tough. I think Andrew Garfield, you know, he's nominated for best actor. I would have maybe gone uh, for his role in Silence over Hacksaw Ridge, but I'm not a big fan of Hacksaw Ridge. Wait a <laughs> second. I got two thoughts here. One was Scorsese being too bougie with the way how he distributed silence. Cause I know that he was not showing it to certain audiences and waiting. And, and he's like, I think, did he yeah, expect I think his they shit, waited too long. Did he expect his shit to not stink? Like, or, or did he ever, ever bow down to Scorsese? Was he too big for his britches? What do you guys think? I thought it was pretty ballsy to premiere a movie at the Vatican. You know, to me, I was just like, I'll give you an Oscar nomination for having the balls to do that, Scorsese. So I do think it's it's interesting that it didn't make it. And yes, he's very bougie and very over the top with this and did have his way of doing it. But to me, this was a better film for like Cannes Film Festival from the pom- like the Palme d'Or than something like Best Pictures at the Oscar. And then my second thought is Larry's bashing Hacksaw Ridge. Why is that, sir? I I thought it was incredibly uneven. Uh, you know, we all know how Mel Gibson likes to be hyper-violent, and I thought some of that was distracting after a while. Uh, I don't know about that weird accent uh, Andrew Garfield was trying to pull off, and then there was dramatic Vince Vaughn, kind of killed momentum for me. Anytime he was on, you know, anytime Vince Vaughn is on the screen trying to be dramatic, I can't take the guy seriously, no matter what the role is. And he just, he took me right out of the movie. All right, for one, 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 I'm going to rebut this, with <laughs> Hacksaw Ridge and Vince Vaughn, when Vince Vaughn introduces himself and gives everybody nicknames, that is one of the better monologues that I've seen in a military film, where he's just yeah, going it's off. Vince Vaughn doing it. That's my problem. That's, it's just a mental block I have. It's Vince Vaughn doing it. So I picture him, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't take him seriously, I guess. It's same same problem with True Detective season two, you know, and he's trying to be a badass. I, it's He's just not selling it for me. Oh, man. I, EJ, we talk about baggage all the time, and apparently Larry's got some Vince Vaughn baggage. I, I you know, I, I, I can kind of relate to it because I do think he – I don't want to say he completely distracted me from that film, but he was kind of like – as soon as he was there, it was too much of a stunt casting where I'm like, oh, Vince Vaughn in like a serious role. It, it was kind of – it was kind of off-putting. Um, but the rest of the film around it, I didn't mind the hyper-violence. I'm still – trying to get used to Mel Gibson not being a douchebag and being sober. So it, it's it's interesting that we're all kind of like weaning ourselves back into liking him. I, I, I'm going to kind of root for him because he's not a horrible human being and he made a decent film. So I do think he's earned his place here and we'll see if he keeps this up. Yeah, I'm surprised that he's gotten welcomed back into you know the Hollywood community so with such open arms this year. I don't know. Polanski won an Oscar after yeah. all the supposed stuff with Polanski. So, you know, sometimes they're a little bit more lenient than the other yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's weird. This is a weird conversation because, you know, I, I I think of like Bill Cosby and like what he did, like what he did was horrible. And like Bill Cosby was like 
an idol growing up for me. And so it's been a really tough one to kind of handle. Like, what do you, you know, I just put everything Bill Cosby said and did and put it on the shelf and it just stays there. And, but then Mel Gibson, it's like, well, he's just kind of racist. Where's, where's that range? Where's that meter of douchebaggery and evilness? And is he evil? And I don't know what's going on with that. But in, in, I mean, I've never, I've never had a problem with the separating art you know, art from the artist, uh, like you mentioned, Polanski, Woody Allen is another one. You have to categorize it. Uh, it's hard to do. Uh, I don't think that he's necessarily some bad dude and, and it's fine. I just thought it was surprising, uh, that given the the makeup of the Hollywood community that they were so willing to, to get him back in the, in the fold. It's because he called the cup sugar tits. They still think that's very <laughs> funny. They hate all the anti-Jew stuff, but they're like, well, you called a female cop sugar tits. We'll, we'll give you that one. Well, and his his recorded uh, voicemail to his, I guess it was, was it his wife or his girlfriend? <laughs> I think Where it was he's his like, girlfriend. you make me want to smoke or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, he was kind of, he, he got fun crazy for a little bit too. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's got that wacky beard. Uh, I guess he shaved that now. But with Hacksaw, going back to Hacksaw Ridge, like the height, I don't know. Saving Private Ryan is the most violent film I've ever seen, military-wise, and that's I, not justified to me though. That felt a little more. That felt a, there was a little more honesty to it. It wasn't as gratuitous to me. Uh, it definitely was super violent, but it's just it felt earned. I don't know something about it. Because I when I saw Hacksaw Ridge, I remember that that first part where there's the introduction of the characters, blah blah. Then they go to training camp, and then they training camp uh boot camp uh and then they go to war when they go to war the volume changed on the film and i don't know if it was more bass or what they did but like it completely changed for me and became a separate film from the first two parts and took me into a whole different realm and just the way there was that pan shot and the smoke and what was going on like it gets a little hokey at the end but like that battle was so intense and so loud. Like I, it was deafening to me and like it, it resonated so well. And one of the things I think that Gibson does well is he always takes some time to show the other side when in war, you know? So you get to see it from the American side and then you get to see it from the Japanese side. And then you always get to see like, you know, the, I remember the racist guys that were, yapping and are like oh we sent some you know some injured prisoners down they just didn't make it you know and like there was like you saw a blatant racism and it was in your face and in i think i think it did a lot of good things i i don't i don't, I don't think it'll be best picture but I, I i i definitely i wasn't taken back from the gore i i thought that was the mission like that was that was because that those times are horrible those are some horrible horrible times in history yeah, I come from like Japanese like horror films. To me, the gore in that was nothing. I thought that was that was like lightweight to some of the stuff. I I do agree that he crafted a great film. It is a good movie, but I think he did something good in a year where there is some pretty great competition, especially with Arrival, Moonlight, and you know, even maybe La La Land is just as good as something like Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, as far as craftsmanship is concerned, um, I think it's. I think those are all. Um, I mean, he does a good job, and like you were saying, it is two different movies in one. It's a lot like Full Metal Jacket in that way, um, but it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't stick with me. I'm not saying it's best picture material. I'm just saying <laughs> that like you were giving. I'm saying you're not giving it enough credit where I think credit is deserved on that film. 
And uh, I'm not saying that it's my underdog pick, you know, but what I, because I still want Hell or High Water. I feel like that's my underdog pick because I feel like La La Land has all this momentum and Hell or High Water came from so f- long ago that everybody's forgotten about it. But I really yeah, I mean, Hell or that. High Water is the underdog movie about underdogs. And it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I love it too. I'm right there with you. It's very funny that I'm the one going for a sci-fi film. Uh, I definitely think Arrival's the underdog of this, and I wanted to see it pull because I've seen years where things like District 9, Black Swan, I've seen these movies that are definitely way for me that I'm like, ooh, are are we going to get nominations? And I think Arrival's the one time that I think these odd kind of artistic films could trump all these quote-unquote more kind of normal mainstream films, and I'm really pulling for Arrival as my underdog. And then look, I'm just bruising the list here and there. Like, I'm a fan of Dev Patel. Uh, I really like Mike, uh, Michael Shannon. Like, I would love to see his acceptance speech. I think that would be really funny. I think he's going to put something good in there. I think the uh, supporting actor category, if we're talking about the, you know, all the four acting categories, that one is is as much up for grabs as as anything I can remember. I I, I thought for a while that Marshall Ali was a shoe in. Um, but I don't know, you know, he didn't win the golden globe. Not that that's any indicator since Aaron Taylor Johnson isn't even in there. Um, but I don't know that he's a shoe in anymore. I mean, Jeff Bridges has a great chance. I don't think Lucas Hedges has much of a chance, but, but there could really be a surprise. I would like to see Michael Shannon. Yeah. I'd like to see him on stage. See how he handles that. Yeah. I was just looking going down, I'm going to the list. And I was like, I was like, I've waited on Vigo Morganson before and he's a very introverted person. Uh, so I don't think he would give a great speech, but I'm looking through the list. Like Andrew Garfield, I think would be funny. I think he'd just be giddy as anything. If he gave the speech, Casey Affleck would just be like serious. Ryan Gosling. I don't, I, don't, I still well, don't Casey's think Ryan, gonna, Casey's going to be the one there. So I wouldn't worry about any of the other ones. Uh, I still think Denzel can bitch. Slap. I don't know. Viggo Morgensen is such a great actor. I really he think is, that he has got, you know, like, there's a different. I don't put Casey Affleck in a Viggo Morgan, or I don't even put like Casey Affleck in a Denzel category. Even oh, though by no means. That's what I think. That conversation's so weird. It's like to see Casey Affleck next to like Viggo and Denzel, and everyone's like Casey Affleck's the shoe, and I'm like, what bizarro world was 2016 that this is actually a conversation? Yeah. I mean, he is though. I mean, there's no getting around it. He's gonna it's, be up it's there. Crazy. No, just looking, at, just looking uh, at that list. The assassination of Jesse James. Yeah, it's just a, it's a solid like Casey Affleck, uh, Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield, Ryan Gosling. I'm like best actor. I was like, oh my god, that like Ryan Gosling should not ever get a best acting knob, nom, nom, whatever it is. Like nom, he shouldn't get a knob. He shouldn't get a nom. Like I, Ryan Gosling has no personality. Like I even no, like him should- on SNL, but like still like he's got no personality. He should stay at home with his gorgeous wife and just have a great life there. And just those two should just hang out and be gorgeous. I'm done with him. He's another one of these things. And I'm like, he's a he's a serious actor now. Are, are we this is a thing? Oh, OK, I guess so. No, because I really liked him in Drive. Like he's made some really good indie flicks that I really enjoy. But I still watch him and I'm like, he makes no facial expressions on his face. Like. I feel like I feel like he's closer to Keanu Reeves than he is to uh, Viggo Morganson. Keanu Reeves is great. I know. Yeah, I know I'm, he's great. I, I'm he's great. Taken back by no, that. but he's yeah, great. He's, gonna, whoa, whoa, hang, hang he's on. He's great, but I still don't think he's a he's the best. You know, he always gets bashed for not. He's never gonna get an Oscar. But. Right, which is fine. I just it boggles my mind that Ryan Gosling is there, 
And I just, I just, I see his performances. And I see the way he acts. And I'm just like, I was like, I, I like him. Yeah, I know. He's, he's definitely, he's, hey, what, what's the over under that he's going to take his shirt off? <laughs> hey, girl. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I get the best original song. I'm still mad. No Sing Street. Where, where are the ladies? Where are our ladies here on this list? Why are they hiding somewhere? Where, where, where did they come out last? They come out first. Okay, uh, supporting actress. There is, um, Viola Davis. That's where it's got to go. I think that's where it's. Yeah, gotta that's go. a that's a shoe in as well. I mean, and she and much deserved. Um, she's she's fantastic in that movie. I can't say enough about her in that. I I don't think that's a that's a close race at all. Emma no, Stone is another one coming out of her nose. Like she, Viola Davis was giving yeah. acting in that film. Like she is the. I'm surprised she didn't get a best actress nomination, but also kind of smart because we right. all kind of know Emma Stone's going to sweep that one. So, but is she a award. good actress? Is she a good actress? Uh, I don't know about no, Emma Stone. Hang on. I I do think she was the best thing in La La Land, but no, I think um to get onto that. Isabel Hubbard's going to steal yeah. that one. And that's another one. I can't believe Elle didn't get a Best Foreign Film nomination. I, I think it's weird that the actress gets a nomination, but not even the film. It, that was a very strange one. But, yeah, no, Viola Davis is a shoe in for her category. Yeah, Isabel's going to, I guess, surprise everybody. I don't know how much of a surprise it is anymore with that. What a what a weird movie that was. I really liked it. Uh, of course, it's weird. It's virile and weird. So, you know, well, what do you expect? That's, I was surprised it didn't make it, but then I'm like, it's a black comedy rape movie. Like, yeah, how was the Oscars going to take that anyway? Like, yeah. All right, I'm going to go move to the family friendly category, best animated feature. <laughs> that's going to be my transition. God, they love Disney so much. The Oscars. It, it, why does Why does Disney get so much love from the Oscars? Well, most of the time, it's it's warranted. I, I don't know. I. I... I do think this year is warranted picks. Um, even Piper as best animated short that came before Moana was stunning. Like that's my pick for that. And I don't even see the rest of the categories. I've never seen any other ones, but Piper gorgeous. So I, I do think it's deserved most years Two picks this year. I think strange. I would have picked Moana and or Zootopia one of those, but I, I think Kubo and the two strings is still going to sweep everybody. EJ, just so you know, sidebar conversation. Uh, the Tampa Theater usually plays all the animated shorts, so we'll have to go. I'm, we'll have to go there and watch them all. Yeah, because I think some of those sound interesting, but I would love to see Piper again as well. Kubo and the Two Strings. I just when I look at like artwork and animation, like Disney has a style, and that's their style, and it just you get that over and over again. And Kubo just went in a different vision of animation and and tried to do something different uh i just i and i enjoyed the story i i i it was i want to say it was almost disney-esque with like all the family members dying like it was just like with every everybody just dead and in the background and then just like it was it was kind of really depressing for a little bit and then it even comes back depressing as you see all the dead spirits around and stuff like that like it it was a it was a tough script that was a tough script man Ah. In our line of work, the pop culture world of Star Wars and superheroes and everything like that, there's usually a few Oscars that we get or noms that we get, like special effects, costume. I was just thinking about that. La La Land got nominated for best costume, where I think Rogue One made phenomenal costumes. And I'm upset that now I'm upset that Rogue One didn't get a, a nomination for best costumes. I agree. I would definitely put Rogue One in there as well. I think there's a 
I can probably name a good handful of films, even from as much to like a Batman v Superman to Civil War. I would put in costume design before I would have put La La Land. Like those are good suits that they made where we did cute thrift shop hipster clothes. Nah, screw that. And then Suicide Squad. What did what did they did they get some uh, some side droppings? What did they get from the Oscars? They got hair and makeup. Which I don't know. Killer Croc looked gorgeous. I think, especially for to do him practical, was a very interesting choice. Um, him alone, I think, is the only example because what Joker's tattoos got you an Oscar nomination. I thought that was it, it's interesting. Harley I'll Quinn. It. Harley Quinn had a better look than the Joker did. Well, I personally didn't mind the Joker at all, but I I don't see the insane nomination work from it. But like I said, Killer Croc alone is good. Um, what they did with Enchantress's costumes before she got all CGI'd was good. So there's some there's some interesting choices with it, but I, I thought it was I thought it was weird. Why do you think sci-fi films get no love from the Academy? That's an interesting question. I I think it's the same with with horror movies. They don't unless it's something like Arrival, they don't get taken seriously for whatever reason. Um I don't know. That's tough. I don't. I can't tell you why because there's a lot of great ones that get overlooked. It, it definitely goes down to some of the Academy voters. I think, like, like Larry said, with horror films, I don't think a lot of them are ever going to get recognition. It, the only one that ever did was uh, Silence of the Lambs, and that's that charts the you know like kind of bends the line of thriller and horror. So right. sci-fi is another one of those genres that don't get it. But the ones that have, I've always thought was deserved. I thought District 9 was a great choice. I thought Gravity, as much as I didn't love Gravity as a whole piece, I thought it was a great example of sci-fi films deserving. And Arrival, I really want it to win this year. I think it is the year. I think, yeah, I, I, you know, I said Hell or High Water, but Arrival's right there with me. I watched it again the other night. Um, I'm kind of disappointed it wasn't in uh, Best Original Score. Uh, oh, that Johan Johansson score. That's that's, that's amazing. Uh, you know yeah. when they're when they're coming over the mountain when she first sees the the pod, and it's got that eerie I, I don't know what you would call it East Indian music, and the smoke. I mean it's it blows my mind. That shot blows my mind, and it's mostly because of the music from uh, Johansson and that, passengers getting that and getting production design. I think we probably should just stop talking about passengers. I think everybody else did uh, the week after it came out, and it's. There's a there's a some problematic things I have with with passengers and its whole story, um, but I, production design again that's another one of those just all CGI when you have it up against La La Land and Hail Caesar and even Arrival um, that are a lot of tangible you know uh, tactile uh, production design features uh, I just don't see the reason I don't see why it needs to be there. And passengers. You know, what's funny is I just had to Google that because I couldn't remember what the film was. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. just like, I... oh, my God, this was just from Christmas. And, like, it's completely gone out of my head. And I was yeah. kind of excited about that movie when I first saw it because I was like, oh, this could have something. But I, I... Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, man ruins woman's life to, you know, cure his boredom. Yeah, the story for that is problematic. I'm glad it. I'm glad it went away. It, the nominations it got, I thought those were just throwaway ones that other films could have definitely taken its place. But whatever. I think this would be the last Passengers has ever spoken about again yeah. after this conversation. I think we're the last. Someone's Chris Pratt is very happy. We just brought it up right now. Oh man. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the Oscars? I mean, cause this is. Um, do we have? I mean, like, I'm trying to think of like where my. 
what would make me the happiest if I saw something win on this list? I'm like, who is the, who is that? Like Octavia Spencer, she won. Like I would have personal joy watching her speech. I'm trying to think of who else on this list of people that I Taylor Sheridan. Like I would have huge joy if he won Best Original Screenplay. Because guess what? I interviewed him earlier this year about Hell or High Water. So I mean, like that I could That's say one that, of the ones. I hope I hope he does. I hope he steals that from La La Land or even uh, the Lobster. I agree. I, I definitely think Hello High Water has one of the best original screenplays. Um, so that's a great one. I would like to see Arrival. That's my one that every time I see Arrival nominated, I will be cheering for it. Even if I know it's something that is probably not going to win, I'm still going to go for it because it really is, it, to me, was the most breathtaking film of last year. And I know, EJ, you didn't like Rogue One, Rogue One, like the sound of Rogue One. But I love the sound of Rogue One. And how did it not get a best sound editing Ah, like this is like Deep Water Horizon. Seriously, that that beats out Rogue One for sound editing. Yeah, I thought it was weird. I'm surprised it didn't get a nomination on score because of John Williams' light score that they did there. So yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was one that was going to get a little bit more love at the Oscars as well. But you know, I I think this was a it's a crowded year for us. Saying it's not a great year in the film. The films that were great are very very strong to beat. Uh, my, your, like your boy Sully got best sound editing. I, Do you I remember anything for sound in, in Sully? Um, you know, I will say a lot of the, the editing that went with the sound was interesting, but Sully is another one that I was like, oh, that movie came out last year? Rogue One has best sound mixing. What is the difference between best sound mixing and best sound editing? Like I edit, a, are- I edit a podcast and I kind of mix things together, but like I feel like it's all in the same, like it's all the same person. No, in, in film world, it definitely does break out to like very small, minuscule things. But that's a that's always one that I'm like, wow, someone in the sound community is getting two awards. Where I still think special. Uh, okay, we gotta we gotta pause. For, we gotta pause for breaking news. This is very sad. Mary Tyler Moore just passed away. Ah. Uh. What? Don't oh. start this. Don't start this. 2017. We were doing good. Tw- I just broke my cell phone case out of just confusion. Wow, I can't believe that. Uh, she was 80 years old. The Mary Tyler Moore show. And we're just going to break into a new show right now. But the Mary Tyler Moore show. So many good actors and just kind of revolutionized the whole sitcom because that was, you know, the the feminist era and the craziness. I think that's the whole reason why I have like the Alice show after that and like so iconic pop culture wise and it's a uh, sad sad day sad day i used to want to throw up my hat in the middle of like a park just because she did no i i definitely get it it's sad i just i'm still kind of like oh man i i thought we were going to do good 2017 and just knock off people who needed to go and nope we're starting off with a good male tyler moore oh man and i so let's look at the cast uh, let's go to imdb real quick and because the cast because i mean the guy from up is it was in Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, absolutely! And I think Betty White was on some episodes of Mary Tyler Moore. I, I, it's a very interesting that it's that she kind of just passed and thrusted our conversation in a whole different way. But we have, I mean, because she was she only she didn't really act a lot. I mean, she only has seventy seven credits. She really didn't do much after the Mary Tyler Moore show. She did some TV. She did had the Mary show that only lasted a little bit. But that show. <laughs> was so iconic and it just you know and it went seven years i, I just oh man i don't i it's um it's 
crazy. She was, she was, um, Ed Eisner, Ed Eisner, Ed Eisner. Yeah. She was nominated for, um, best actress. Wasn't she for ordinary people? Yes. I think she was. I don't think she won, but I think she was nominated. And then, uh, Gavin, Gavin McClaw, Ted McKnight, Ted Knight, Ted Knight, man, that guy, that's, that series started a whole, whole nother thing. And he, Ted Knight died a long time ago in 86. So sad. Damn it. All these people got to stop dying. Valley Harper. <laughs> like, I mean, like this, it spawned a whole nother, ah, it's just the drama of Mary Tyler Moore. I am. That's, I'm sad. Sad. I So now we got to, let's, let's bring it back to the Oscars. And, um, that tribute's going to be weird. I feel like it's going to be like the whole show. I hope it's better than the Golden Globes one that just focused on Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. As powerful as actresses as they were, I really hope the Oscars gives a, a much better version of it than the Golden Globes did. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that the ceremony is going to be even longer than normal with that, with the in memoriam section. And I'm trying to figure out, because I always feel like it's, I know that it's supposed to be about the Oscars and the people that have won it and their celebration, but I, it's, I, and I know that this hasn't, this wasn't the, the most deaths ever in pop culture, but like, I think there's just this realm of negativity going over the head. You know, we got Trump, like there's going to be, how many Trump protests are going to be during like speech wise? How many speeches? Yeah. Are going to be like, oh. Hey, it wouldn't Trump. be nice to Meryl Streep gets to do part two of that and get called a mediocre actress again. Oh, yeah. Man. Overrated. Yeah. Overrated. What a comp. What a- <laughs> After she got a record 20 nominations here. Ugh, overrated. Overrated. I, and then we had you know, Jimmy Kimmel doing the show for the first time. Is there any excitement level at all for this? Well, he's not Fallon, so that's my excitement. Right. It's. I think we're going down to now whichever network has – has the award show. They're just going to have their late night host do it from now on. It seems like. Cause Corbett got picked up for the Emmys and I would have taken Corbett for this more than I would have took Kimmel. Yeah. They need to get <sighs> Billy Crystal back on the phone. Yeah. They really do need to bring back some iconic names. I, I do think Chris Rock was a good, like kind of yeah. change of pace. And then to go back to Jimmy Kimmel, I thought that was weird, but like I said, he's not Fallon. So I'm happy about that. I, I'm trying to figure out if it's like budgeting dollars. Like it costs a lot to get the Oscars to where they're like, ah, we can't pay for like, a, I don't know. I, I feel like there's so many good comedians out there to where I think it's free advertising for their, for their late night gigs. Right. I, I mean, that's what you're paying for. Work. I mean, it makes sense to why they're doing it, but I would not- like to see somebody better. Somebody better do it i'm trying to think of who who are the big comedians right now out now louis ck could you see louis ck doing any of these oh man that, that would be crazy that would he be could make he could maybe do the golden gloves it's a little edgier yeah the and then i would say comedians like aziz i'm sorry but he's going to be stuck on mtv awards for a while aziz <laughs> i think could pull off a musical number though yeah, I do think Aziz has something to it, and maybe in a couple years, but I, I don't, I can't really think of, and maybe actors, but I think of actors, and then I go back to James Franco and Hathaway year, and I'm like, maybe oh. we don't need actors. Maybe we, maybe we're good with no actors. Oh man, I that was brutal. <laughs> that was I. I can't believe they even went that route. It still cracks me up, like because that was before everybody knew that James Franco was a fuck up. Like he's a fuck yeah, up in like, like a good way. But he's still like, 
hey, we need you to practice. He's like, no, no, I'm going to get stoned and I'll be back later. Like, I mean, yeah, like, exactly. Did he have to do, did he do daytime television after that? Or was it before? Yeah, he was um, on, what, General Hospital? Or? Yeah, he was on a General Hospital. That was around the General. He That was a weird. <laughs> that was like a mini Hollywood meltdown that, like, we all just acknowledged because he was still getting work. But it's like, he was a th- white thug in Spring Breakers. Was no one worried about him? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to, all the guys I'm coming to hire, I'm, like, thinking about Chris Chris Hart. Like, I'm like, ah, he's kind of short. Like, I'm all the guys I'm like, Kevin Aziz. Uh, yeah, Kevin Hart. Who's Chris Hart? Because then I was like, well, Chris Hardwick would be an interesting choice. I know oh, he's a little too God. nerdy fandom guy, but I do think he's a quality host. And I think he could actually, in a couple years especially, bring something to it. Who would be the most awkward? Like, I'm, I'm immediately my brain's going like, oh, I'd like to see The Rock do it. Because he's done some MTV stuff. Like, he, I think he'd be interesting doing a musical number. Like, who's the awkward, like, who would kind of pull it off in a musical number? Oh, you said music. Well, John Cena would be fun. He just got picked up for the Kids' Choice Awards, so we'll see how he does there. I think uh, you had to go. You had to go. Ago. You had to go wrestling. You had to go full blown wrestler. I went partial I mean, wrestler. You said The Rock, and I'm like, you know what? Cena's been kind of moving towards it. Uh, there, there's not that many. And as soon as you said awkward, I thought of Amy Schumer, and I'm like, no, I never want to see her again. So no, I would pick a Kate McKinnon over an Amy Schumer. Oh, 100. Oh, at, McKinnon at, would be would be interesting. Yeah, because she's got the awkward face. Yeah. Like she's got that and where she could. She would bring characters to it. Yeah, I think Kate McKinnon is definitely. This would have been a good year for her, especially after amazing 2016 with Ghostbusters and SNL. This would have been a good year for her to grab it. And the uh, the one other guy I'm thinking of, I was like, who? Like he's still old, but like, I think Larry David would be really funny doing it. Like it'd just be <laughs> it'd just be surreal. Or he, on along that same line, maybe Seinfeld. I don't know how he would he could. It would just be observational comedy, though. It'd be a little weird. I don't think he could do the musical number. I can't see him singing. And he just sold his soul to Netflix, so I don't think the Oscars are going to be on Netflix. Yeah, he's going to be busy. <laughs> what retired? What retired? Like John SNL? Oliver. John Oliver would be good. Oh yeah, I really like John Oliver. I think he's yeah. he's good. John Stewart. I mean, he's not doing anything right now. I mean, except yeah, helping the veterans. Before. He's the you know. I, he did it one year. He was pretty good. That was in what mid two thousands, maybe seven oh seven oh eight, maybe the year that uh, No Country won. I think that was his year. He was pretty good. His replacement, Trevor Noah, would be interesting. I I still think he needs some years on him to get to get more solid. But he would be really really fun, especially this like Trump year. Trevor Noah at Oscars would have been great. Ah, uh, Trump. If you're going Trump year, uh, my new Archie Bunker is Whoopi Goldberg, and I would love for her to host the Oscars again because I think she would just grab the mic and be like, fuck you guys. I'm not giving to anybody else. I see her on The View and she's so stoned all the time. I wish I could be that publicly high and that accepted by Hollywood still. I I, I applaud Whoopi. She would be a great Oscar. You know, that's going back to the Billy Crystal era. She would have been definitely a great choice for this as well. Trump year about Alec Baldwin. I mean, there you go. He could. I don't want him to come out as Trump. I don't think his Trump impersonation is, I don't know, crazy enough, but uh, I mean, he's always good. Uh, he's good, and he's he's got a certain style. Like he can clean up well. I'm trying to think of who. Like if you put Adam Sandler in a suit, he'd just look like a meatball. I, I do think this host conversation we're having is going to be m- more entertaining than the actual host this year. That's the scary part. Ah oh, man, because I mean, Jimmy Kimmel was part of the Man Show with Adam Carolla. Like, am, am I correct? Like if my brain works properly, I I think he was, I think he was the other co-host and then he started shifting to late night. 
Right. Yeah, no, they had girls on trampoline and they chugged beer. Yeah, he was he was Corolla's boxing trainer, or Corolla was his boxing trainer before they got the man show going. Something crazy like that. One of them was a I, I believe it was Kimmel was a was a boxer. And Adam Carolla was his trainer, and that's how they met. <laughs> but then that's crazy. Anyway. And I wonder if we're gonna get any I wonder if we're gonna get any Ben Affleck, Matt Damon jokes since he's Yeah, I was about to say well. that. Yeah, you know he's gonna have something about we we ran out of time for Matt Damon or whatever he does. What did Matt what did Matt Damon do this year? Did he do anything? He produced Manchester. Oh, he he also did Born Born movie. He was he was gonna he was supposed to be in Manchester by the Sea, but he had to back out for whatever reason. That's why Casey Affleck was in it. Was he doing the China oh, Wall? Is he doing the China Wall have, movie? Uh, I don't. Yeah, that man. What is that? That looks weird. <sighs> man, who? I who, saw the first teaser and I was like, "Oh, this movie looks good." And then I'm like, "Is there tentacle monsters? What are we doing? What? What's yeah, this? dragons and shit? I didn't know that was where we were headed." I oh, thought, okay, I thought okay. So like the... the 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 tentacles is what where you lost it for me. The ponytail on Matt Damon is where I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like I thought, like as soon as I was like, did he just what is that? What's going on with his hair? Like what's going on? And then he it's like going tentacles. very like Tom Cruise Last Samurai route. No, but The Last Samurai is a good film. Like it's, it's yeah, like, but I still wasn't here for Tom Cruise's look in that film. No, ah oh, man, if I grow my hair out, I do. I do Tom Cruise Last Samurai if I can pull that look off. It's a lot of hard work to get that pretty. The Oscars are still a long time off. Which film do you want to see get re-released? I want to see Hell or High Water get re-released. I think so. That would be a good one because it came out, what, mid-August? Something like that. I mean, it came out in the dog days. Uh, I mean, it made it made pretty good money, but I would like to see it be re-released. There's really nothing I would say re-released because I will say a lot of these are like late picks, honestly. A lot yeah. of them came out later in the year. Even Moonlight right now is just starting to do a lot of the like Tampa markets and a lot of the smaller markets. So it's very interesting that like I don't want to see any of these get re-released because I feel like most of them I just saw. Yeah, no, they're like all they're all I feel like or... they're all from December. Everything is from yeah. December that got that picked and everything like that. Uh, any final thoughts on the Oscars before we put this episode to bed? I, I'm kind of excited for it. Let's see if some of our predictions come true. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what could take down La La Land in what categories. I don't. I'm, I'm fingers crossed that it's not going to win ten out of fourteen or something like that. I do think maybe a rival, but I think the the closest competitor for it in a lot of categories might be Moonlight. I, I think, like this anti La La Land podcast we've ended up having. That's where I was just going to jump on. I was like, if if La La Land does end up winning eight or more Oscars, it's going to be a very boring show. It's right, just I just gonna, want variety gonna, more it, than anything. It's you know, not even not even against the movie. It's just mix it up a little bit. But also, I think the movie. I'm bashing the movie because it's one of the things that the critics are just jumping on because, like, oh, it's a musical. It's it's different. It's a throwback. It's also. But the meaning of throwback means it's copying off of something from way back in the day and makes it means it's not original. And I rather go with something that's original and reward that as opposed to somebody being like, hey, let's make a musical from all this archival footage that we got and kind of bring something together and all these influences and go. I know we all have influences, but I want to praise the people that are original. Like Arrival and like Hell or High Water. Yeah, yeah, I will say it definitely because this is like a bad Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movie. I'm not here for this. I will, I'll definitely wait 
and want to hope for something like Arrival. Man, if anything, I'll take Fences winning. I think Fences is still a good film, but my whole thing for the Oscars is anything but La La Land. (laughs) What about Manchester by the Sea, though? You know, my hate, for, my hate for Manchester by the Sea is getting like pushed to the side by how much I'm having to see La La Land. I thought Manchester would have been that movie, but no, La La Land has replaced it with how much people are talking about this. <sighs> All right, Larry, thank you for stopping by this show. We'll bring you back after the Oscars for our reactionary tales. And uh, EJ, have a good weekend. You too, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good one. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host EJ is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on Blog Talk Radio, our new home. Check it out. It's worth it. If you have a chance, we'd greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. As always, the best way to listen to the show is on our website, monkeysfightingrobots.com. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 108th episode of Monkey Spider Robots a success. Special shout out to my co-host, EJ Marino, and our guest, Larry, for putting up with me. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkey Spider Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff of Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkey Spider Robots. to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Tonight on News 4 at 5. Nothing beats a long, hot shower in the winter, but how long do you take? 10 minutes. 20 minutes. If there's music, maybe 30. Heating water is so expensive, so I'll show you four ways to slash your energy bill. Saving you money this winter. Consumer reporter Susan Hogan is working for you. Tonight on News 4 at 5 with Wendy Rieger, Jim Hanley, and Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. Getting you up to speed the minute you get home with the day's top stories and changing weather conditions. Working for you on NBC 4 at 5.